Every nook and every cranny. The wealth of his dream comes true in Christ Jesus. He measures his generosity toward you. He measures his generosity toward you. And then, of course, you're familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and in verse 9. And if we could pull that up there, that'd be awesome. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, I believe, says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was what? Rich, he became poor for whose sake? For our sake, that we, through his poverty, might be rich. Or so that we, through his poverty, might have abundance. Now, I love this one translation. It says, You are acquainted with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that he communicates to you. He exchanged his riches for our poverty. The depth of his poverty became the reference to our wealth. Everything he had is now ours. We are his wealth. We are his wealth. We are his masterpiece. We are his treasure. When you come into Christ Jesus, you come into co-union with him. We are his prized possession. You know, and we don't even have to try to be. When we come into the kingdom of God, we are made right in his sight. We are the very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are his wealth. So keep those things in mind throughout this week as you continue to worship the Lord and continue to move in God that he is on your side and he is for you and he will liberally supply your every need. Amen. Amen. So Father, we come before you today. We pray that our hearts would be strengthened, our eyes would be enlightened. And Lord God, that we would grow spiritually during this time in the Word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated and open your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 5 and 6. I'm going to bring a message to you entitled, Pay Attention. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and verse 6. Pay attention. The scripture says... Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's where he lives. And that's where we trust him with. We trust him with our heart. With the heart, man believes. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Now, in the Amplified Version of this same set of scriptures, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all of your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge Him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Notice that phrase, he will make plain your paths. And so when he makes plain your paths, that means you've got clarity. That means you've got direction. That means you know 
exactly what you should be doing, exactly where you should go. Plain means clear to you. Verse 7. He said, Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. It'll be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow marrow and moistening to your bones. How many of you are interested in that? And so we have our part to play. Our part to play is to acknowledge Him in all of our ways. Acknowledging Him is tied directly to Him directing your path. Now, if you rely completely and totally on what you have up here, what you understand up here, what you can figure out with your intellect, guess what? You're in big trouble. God is not a head. God is a spirit. And the spirit of man, hallelujah, the spirit of man is the lamp or it is the light bulb of the Lord. When God enlightens and when God directs, he enlightens and directs by his spirit into your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, your intellect then is made fruitful to where you have understanding on what to do. Amen? It's not that God doesn't use your head, but your head is not first. He is first. Say it with me, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. So ask and then listen and then simply pay attention. Become aware. Look to him night and day. He's not up there. He is, but he's also in here. You know what pride does? Pride assumes But what does humility do? Humility will always ask and humility will always acknowledge Him. Another way we could say it is inquire of Him. Keep asking Him. Keep checking up with Him. Amen? Don't be afraid to ask Him questions that only He can answer. There's a lot of things that we need to know. And if we don't ask, we will immediately, we will lose by default just by virtue of not asking, not looking. John Osteen said many years ago when he was teaching along these lines, he said, what signals are you getting in your spirit? In other words, what cues, what directive are you getting from the Holy Spirit. Pay attention to the signals of the Holy Spirit. You know, David in the Old Testament, I mean, he inquired of the Lord a lot. Even after he was a skilled warrior, he didn't lean on his experience of having past victories. He put God first by inquiring Him in every situation, and in everything that he did. And so it doesn't matter how long that I've been a Christian, how long you've been a Christian, how many past victories that we've had. 
We must not launch out in our own strength, in our own might. Now you know that, don't you? Look with me at 1 Samuel chapter 23. And we'll look at this just for a moment about David. 1 Samuel, the 23rd chapter and the first verse. It says, Then they told David, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keliah, and they rob the threshing floors. In verse 2, Therefore, David got in a hurry and went out and smashed them. No. No, David inquired of the Lord. Here's what he said. Shall I go? Shall I smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keliah. What if he had not inquired? What if he had not checked in? It could have been disastrous. In verse 3, And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keliah against the armies of the Philistines? Verse 4, Then David inquired of the Lord yet again. Everyone say yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keliah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. So David and his men went there and found with the Philistines and brought, fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of that city. Amen. And so it began by him acknowledging and inquiring of the Lord. Amen. How many of you know David won a lot? David won a lot. How many of you want to win a lot? I mean, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We understand that and we know that. But to that, for that to be a reality in our lives, we must learn to acknowledge him, inquire him of him and be led to him. Patsy Caminetti said something, I think, in one of her services of yesteryear here at the church. She said this. Come into the throne room and be open to where, to, to where he can lord you. Let me say that again. Come into the throne room and be open to where he can lord you. Then she went on to say this. To the degree he is lord to you, he can be lord through you. And then she said, when he lords over you, it's always good. Amen. When he's the Lord over your household, it's always good. When he's the Lord over your finances, guess what? It's always good. Always good. Always God. That's the way our good, good father is. And so every one of us in life, we have assignments, don't we? We all have assignments. We all have a path that we're to walk in. I want to do my assignments under the direction of the commander-in-chief. I only want to march in what he would have me to march in. Amen? And so in his presence then, he's able to speak to us. Take advantage of these wonderful times of worship we have here at church. Um, None of you are this way, but if you're ever tempted to be distracted or to be kind of a casual person when it comes to praise and worship, 
make sure that you have a good conversation with yourself and say, we are not going to church to be distracted. We're coming to church to center in on Him. And you know, when you begin to center in on Him, you get over into His presence. And I'm telling you, and you know this, but there are answers in His presence. There's direction in His presence. I mean, how many of you have gotten over into the presence of God in a time of praise or worship, either corporately or individually, and all of a sudden, you just knew what to do about a certain situation. Oh, thank God for the presence of God. In His presence, there are fullnesses of joy and fullness of answers. Now, let's go over to Proverbs chapter 4. That's a good introduction. Look at Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Notice with me a few verses here in verse 1. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, the first verse. It says, now hear you children the instruction of what? Of a father. And attend to no understanding. So we hear these, we see these words, hear and attend. One translation says this, give attention to no understanding. Still the NIV says it this way. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction and pay attention and gain understanding. Everyone say, pay attention and gain understanding. Now, as you read the book of Proverbs, you will see these words over and over again. Give heed, hearken, and listen. Now, notice with me in verse 10. Let's drop down to verse 10 of this same chapter. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the year of thy life. Let's keep that up there just a moment. Hear, my son. And receive my sayings. So you can hear the word, but not receive the word. Amen? You can hear the word, but not be a doer of the word. Part of being a doer of the word is being receptive to the word that you have heard. And say, yeah, I received that. That's mine. And I purpose in my heart to do what I've heard. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. There are times that we get over into his presence that he'll give us words and phrases and sayings on some adjustments adjustments we need to make in our individual lives. Anybody ever experienced that? I mean, you get over into the presence of the Lord and the Lord doesn't correct you, you know, with condemnation, but he corrects you gently by the power of the Holy Spirit and he'll give you a word. Adjust that. Change that. We must be receptive and pay attention to the sayings that he's sowing into our spirit. Amen? Amen? Hear my son and receive my sayings. And as a result of that, the years of thy life. Oh, hallelujah. The years of thy life shall be. According to this, we can lengthen our life or we can shorten our life. 
The more they savory they stay, the more receptive we are to the Spirit of God and to the sayings that He's sowing into our hearts, the more, hallelujah, we will increase in long life. Amen. He says, with long life, I'm going to satisfy you and I am going to show you my salvation. And so again here, hear, O my son, receive my sayings and the years of thy life shall be many. Amen. How about living a long time? But not just logging time. Not just kind of coasting toward retirement or if we are retired, coasting toward the rapture. Amen. What about being full of vim, vigor, and vitality? I mean, even at age 90. Even at age 80. Even in your 70s. And for sure in your 60s. Amen. Living life to the full. Enjoying life to the full. Now notice in verse 18. Verse 18 of Proverbs chapter 4. It says here now, But the path of the just is getting darker and darker. Because you never know what God might do. No, thank God, no. But the path of the righteous is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Hallelujah. Amplified says, But the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more, brighter and clearer. Everyone say brighter Brighter. and clearer. clearer. I like that, don't you? The older we get, the more we go down this path, it shouldn't be getting darker and darker. It should be brighter and clearer. Now notice, until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. The NLT says this, and that's the New Living Translation. It says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter and brighter until the full light of day. And so he's saying that the path of life gets brighter. How many of you know that if a person gets away from God, it gets darker and darker? And we have discovered this, the further that we get away from the light, the less we see. That's why we're encouraged to pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That the eyes of our hearts would be flooded with light. When it's dark in here, when I come into this auditorium, maybe to give someone a tour or to show someone around, it's very dark. And if I just try to show them where the pulpit is and where all the platform is and all the chairs are, they can't see it. It's dark. But oh, when you turn the light on, when you turn the light on, you can see. You can see. I'm telling you, I believe God wants to turn the lights on in some of you. I believe the God, the God of light wants to turn the light on in all of us. Amen. Why, Pastor? So we can see further. So that we can see clearer. It's not a question of God 
having a will for his life. It's a question of are we tapping into and are we connecting with the will of God? Amen. Amen. So I mean, my light, my path is getting brighter and brighter because I'm going from glory to glory to glory until the perfect day. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. When there's plenty of light, you don't have to be wondering on what is it. When there's plenty of light, you'll be able to say, oh, there it is. That's what it is. That's what I've been looking for. Hallelujah. He is the light. And his word is what? A lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto my path and so I believe the will of God for you and me is getting clearer and clearer now look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 notice with me in verse 20 Proverbs 4 says my son attend to my words and incline your ear to my sayings the NIV says my son pay attention to what I say And turn your ear to my words. The NIV says, pay attention. Hallelujah. Now, if I'm having a conversation with Raul, and I want to get Raul's attention, I don't walk up to Raul and say, hey, Raul, hey, attend now, Raul, to what I say. No. I say, Raul, listen carefully. Pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. A teacher in an elementary school or high school doesn't stand up and speak Elizabethan English and says, Now, no. He says, Pay attention. Got your ears on, good buddy? Pay attention. Listen. Hearken. Bend, it, it almost has this thought to it. Bend your ear. Bend your ear. How many of you have a dog that does that? I used to have a beagle. His name was George. No relation, though. And I remember John, when he was a teenager, John would say, walk, go for a, That's all you need to say is walk, go for a walk. And George would go, I believe that the Spirit of God is looking for men and women just like you and me. That when we just have a hint of what He's saying to us, we bend our ear. I think we need to stop all this stupidity in the arena of multitasking and learn and develop the discipline of focus. You know, in reality, there is no such a thing as multitasking. You just think there is. You may be doing a few things at once, but listen very carefully. For you to go from one thing to another, you've got to leave one thing. And you've got to go to the next. To get it done right. right. That's right. Do you think that people ought to be texting on the road? Do you think people ought to be looking for Pokemon on the road? Incline your ear to his sayings. 
and the years of thy life shall be many. Many lives have been short-circuited because of a lack of attention. Not taking heed. Not paying attention. But that's not you. I thought I'd get a little stronger. Amen. Let me say it one more time. That's not you. And that ain't you. And that's not me. Pay attention. Mm, I hear the organ in the background. What could we... What could we pay attention to instead of Him? What could we pay attention to instead of Him? Well, how about this? We could pay attention to overwhelming symptoms. We could pay attention to to problems. We we literally could be paying attention to what the talking heads are saying. Paying attention. If you pay close attention to the spirit of this world, you will pick up a wrong worldview. I I don't know how to describe it really to you, but I'll just do my best to do it. You know, down in the Los Angeles area, there are millions of people. I mean, millions of people. uh, Much more densely populated than we have here in the Bay Area. But just, and all, many of them are on the street. And it's, it's like I was looking at the people and I was asking myself, what kind of filter do they have? What kind of information are they getting and are they accepting into their souls and into their minds? And it was like I could almost see it. I didn't see it, but I could almost see Different world views just being poured into their soul. And really, on their part, without any objection, because they don't know any better. They don't know any different. And so, therefore, there is a confirmation to this world. And that's why the Bible says that we are not to be conformed to what? To this world. But what? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. Oh, I'm glad I got a hold of the word when I was in my 20s. Just think about some of the kids that are getting the word here at a young age. Oh man, what a blessing. It's so important what we listen to. It's so important what we allow ourselves to hear and what we allow ourselves to feed on. Because if there is not the Word, and if there is not covenant thinking, and being mindful of this covenant, I mean, people can go off into a lot of squirrely places. Everyone say, pay attention to His Word. Pay attention to the Spirit of God. Amen. How many of you know paying attention to debt is not paying attention to Him? (laughs) Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Romans the 8th chapter, verse 5 and 6. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just lift our hands and just pray just a moment. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
posombro que esté la valla. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Speaking to us. Ministering to us. In Romans, the eighth chapter, the fifth verse. It says, for they that are after the flesh, what do they do? They do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded, what is it? It's life and it's peace. This is just another way of saying, learn to pay attention to your spirit. Be spiritually minded. Are there things vying for mind time? I mean, there are a ton of distractions out there. Listen to this one particular uh, translation. He said this of verse 6. Let's, let's look at verse 6 again. Read it with me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, what is it? This one writer says it like this. Thinking patterns are formed by reference. Either the sensual appetites of the flesh and spiritual death, or zoe life and total tranquility flowing from a mind addicted to spirit and faith realities. I love that. I've got a mind that's addicted to faith. I've got a mind that's addicted to the word. How about you? I've got a mind that's addicted to covenant. I've got a mind that's addicted to healing. I've got a mind that's addicted to generosity and prosperity. I've got a mind that's addicted to souls and to harvest and to miracles and signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Shift your attention away from yourself and pay attention to Him. And lean on Him. And trust Him. And become addicted to in Christ realities. Amen. That's a good thing to be addicted to. To know who you are in Christ. To know what you have in Christ. To know what you can do in Christ. That's the kind of addiction that I want. How about you? Anybody with me in that? Let me read it again. To Zoe life. And it will bring total tranquility or peace. Flowing from a mind addicted to spirit faith realities. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. The more connected you are with him, the easier you'll be able to pick up on what he's saying to you. Not necessarily what he said to you 20 years ago, what he's currently saying to you. We serve a current God. He's got rhema words for us every day. Oh, I'm telling you, when a rhema word comes to your spirit, it's got some power. It's got some creative power. Amen. Now, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, let's read that together. He says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Notice verse 2. Set your affection or mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And let's read verse 3 together. Verse 3, For you are dead, and your life... Ooh, glory to God. Now listen to this. 
says, you are in fact raised together with Christ. Now that's shouting ground right there. He's raised you up. And he's made you sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it says here, for you are in fact raised together with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequences of your co-inclusion in him. In other words, meditate on that. And listen to this. Relocate yourself mentally. Relocate yourself mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities. Throne room realities. In Christ realities. Engage your thinking. He will keep you in perfect peace when and if you keep your mind stayed on Him. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. And then just the verse 2, becoming affectionately Acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly soul rule realm. Set your minds upon the things that are above and not on things that are below. And then in verse 3, he says, Your union with his death broke the association with the world. Your union in Christ Jesus broke the association with the world. See yourselves then located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. See yourself located in a fortress with your, where your life is hidden with Christ in God. Paying attention to daily Bible reading, how important is that? Okay. I'm not going to play games here and try this side, but let me just ask you. How important is, to, is it for us to read the Word? Do you know why? Why? George said, man does not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. That word there is rhema, spoken word, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Help me out a little bit. Why is it important for us to feed on the word regularly and daily? Someone back there said, we renew our minds. Right? Anyone else? That's another good one. Faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Yes? Yes. It'll strengthen you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Yes? Yeah. So our, it changes our focus. It, take, it, it moves us away from the distraction to focus on Him. Let's do one more, quick. What did you say, Frank? Man doesn't live by bread alone. Yeah, that's right. 
Glory to God. Is it important to read the Word? Is it, how important is it? And why is it important? Because you gave me several reasons. It's life. It's life to those that what? Find them? And it's, man, you guys are, you guys are scriptorians. You guys are doing good. It's health to all our flesh. Yeah, that's right. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Probably one of the simplest reasons that I understand how important it is for me to read the Word is I heard it way back in the 70s from men like Brother Copeland and Kenneth E. Hagin. Simply, it's God speaking to me. Say it with me. God's Word is God speaking to me. Now, is that the only way He speaks? No. He speaks to us by His Spirit, but it is the primary way that He speaks. And you will discover that many of the things that the Holy Spirit is saying to you is exactly what God spoke to you through the Word of God perhaps even decades ago. Now, it's great that the Word of God and the Spirit of God are always what? They're always in agreement. Now, you don't need to, to, to read like um, volumes and volumes and chapters and chapters and chapters of the Word every day. However, you know, God leads you and directs you to do it. But I've discovered in my life that sometimes just one chapter and not hurrying through it and just allowing God to speak to me. You know, the Holy Spirit's an artist and He can tailor the book of John just for you. He can tailor Ephesians 1 just for you, a rhema word, a daily word. Hallelujah! A fresh manna word. And so that's God. He's speaking to you. Did you know that if you read one proverb a day, you would have gone through the book of Proverbs 12 times in one year? There's so much wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And so I encourage you today to read your Bible. And don't coast through it. But look for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And then don't let it slip. Pay attention to it. Because there is a purpose for that word for you, for that day, and for your life. So I haven't read the word in a long time. Get started today. Don't be under a cloud of condemnation. That's not God. But just purpose in your heart to read the Bible. In closing, let's look at Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews, the second chapter. God's speaking to us today. I mean, there's not a lot of running and shouting and swinging from the chandeliers, but God's speaking to us. 
Say it with me. God's speaking to me today. And I purpose in my heart to pay attention all day. In Hebrews, the uh, I think it's the second chapter. And I just want to look at verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to look at it in the Amplified Version. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2 in the Amplified Version. No, I don't wait till we get it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Life-changing words. Hallelujah. Faith-building words. Encouraging words. Words that lift your spirit. Come from the Father of spirits. Hallelujah. Into your spirit. By the word of the Lord, which is spirit and life. Amen. Amen. Now notice this. Since all this is true, have I been, have I been telling you the truth today? Yes. Since all this is true, we ought to pay much closer attention than ever. Than ever. Well, I've heard that. Faith doesn't come by having heard. Our brother right there said one of the main reasons why we get into the Word is faith comes. We must pay closer attention than ever to the truths we have heard. Because what does the truth do? Somebody help the brother out today. What does the truth do? It sets you free, but it also keeps you free. Standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We ought to pay much closer attention ever to the truths we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and they slip away. Allowing the word to slip away is not paying attention. And that's why I encourage you on a regular basis to hold fast to the truths that you have heard. I can remember, George, years ago when we did one of the Living Word uh, Institute graduations, the keynote scripture of one night was, continue in the things that you have heard. Continue in the things that you have learned. There's power in continuing. There's power and not letting the word slip. How many of you have got a rhema word from God during the course of your lifetime? Amen. Like many, multiple rhema words? How important is it for us to hold fast to it? And hold on to it for dear life. And then in verse 2. For if the message given through angels, the law spoken by them to Moses, was authentic and proved sure, and every violation and disobedience received an appropriate, just, and adequate penalty. Here's our bottom line today. God's Word is God speaking to us, and that's all there is to it. We ain't going to let it slip. We're going to get it on our lip, and we're going to speak it, and we're going to rejoice in it, and whatever that He says to us, We'll pay attention to it, and we will do. Amen. 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 We'll do. Yes, Lord, we'll do.
That's the plan of God. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, thank you so much for the word we've heard today.